Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Everybody, welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that have come out today. We review them. We recommend them for you, or let you know to stay away. And we read, we read them first, and then now we're going to recommend and review them. Just to be clear, like a lot of times, people are like, "Would you do guess? Did you guess?" And we are diligent. I I didn't read them. Pete, did you read them? Yeah, I wrote them. Oh, did you read them? Yeah, I mean, I looked at the covers, and that's basically the whole thing. That's the main thing. The covers never lie. Yes. Uh, We, of course, did read the book. We are going to review them. But first, we're going to kick it off reading a bunch of comments from you guys. We usually left this for the end of the show, and to be perfectly frank, we kept forgetting about it. So uh, these are comments that you guys have left for us on iTunes. If you would like us to read your iTunes comments on the show, Please leave them there. Go rate and subscribe and leave a comment. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, this first one is from Thor. That he says, my oh, name. Oh, cool. Wait, the my, Thor? That's awesome. Holy shit. He says, he, my name really is Thor. That's his username. Oh, man. Yeah, he's pretty worthy. crazy. Dude, that's bold. You name your kid Thor? And the uh, headline is, this is a bro love letter to the show and gave us five stars. Thank you very much, real name Thor. Love it, Thor. I've been looking for a comic book podcast that reviewed comics and was actually entertaining for years to no avail. I had all but given up until recently I stumbled upon Comic Book Club. I listened to a good amount of podcasts, but this is the first one I found that really hit home for me on a deeper level than just enjoyment. Their friendships are very clear and sincere as they discuss comic books and joke around. That is something that really means a lot to me. As one oh. of my cl- hold on, as one of my closest friends moved five years ago, and I'll be damned if Alex doesn't remind me of him. Every wow! Time but of course, we know that Alex doesn't have friends, so it could not be Alex. Hey, right. just well, ever since what I, you said. ever no. since I moved five years ago, yeah. Ooh. He and I still talk regularly, and we see each other when possible. But this definitely helps make me feel closer to him. So thank you, Pete, Justin, Alex, best comic book podcast by far, and I recommend it to. Anyone who is into counterculture, not just comics. That's right. Ooh. We are counterculture. Man, real man Thor. Thank you so much. That's yeah, very nice. Thanks, Thor. Yeah. And I'm sorry that Alex moved away, but honestly, you're better off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, I think you're going to be interested to hear this one, Pete. Oh, this is boy. from Slee Strax. Uh, re-review 
five stars. So on August 21st, 2019, I gave them three stars and wrote this. Great, except for the guy hating on Hawksbots. He's just annoying. I get having a different opinion, but he just seems like a troll. On the next podcast, they read my review, and the guy I called a troll gives it a much better explanation of his views. Most I even agree with. I must say, I wasn't expecting that. They have earned my respect, and these five stars... Thank you, Sleestrom. Wow. <laughs> Turning Pete. that frown upside down, baby. Yeah, despite, I'll, I'll mention, Pete, you were you did not want to do that. I did not want to talk about my feelings. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time dealing with my feelings, <laughs> and Alex made me talk about them. Maybe there's a lesson in there. Yeah, no. Yeah. Now I think, look at it. Think about it for a second. <laughs> this comment keep... couldn't be more illustrative about how there's a lesson in here. I'd rather keep repeating the same mistakes I've made in my life over and over. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, well, thank you for the five stars. I'm so sorry that the troll page is back. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, you disagree or whatever. No, I think he does agree with <laughs> no, you. No, 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 you're taking it all down. Uh, last <laughs> one, uh, this is from John Jones's Johnson. Favorite show of the week, five stars. Love all your content. As a comic shop owner, I don't always get to read everything before opening on Wednesday, but you guys give me enough talking points about each title I didn't get to. Plus, you make me laugh. Thanks for the weekly enjoyment. Oh, and Pete... Please make another secret quiz, Southside Comics. Nice. Nice. And Southside Comics, I believe, I want to say, I'm going to look it up right now, is in Pittsburgh. So if you are there, uh, definitely go visit them. It's in Pennsylvania, Brentwood, Pennsylvania. That's where it is. Please check out Southside Comics. Yeah, that's so nice. Thank you for leaving a comic. Uh, Comment. Comment. Uh, Comment. Comment. Leave a comic. um, Well. Next uh, we, time we're in Brentwood, we'll come on. Well, first, we got to get to Justin's secret quiz, and yeah, then we'll start Thanks back over. Getting over no, on Pete's second quiz. Yeah, yeah, we got we got to go all the way through. We got to cipher through, if you will. That's I not it. the word for that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> correct. Let's get into the stack. It's been long enough. First one, we're going to kick it off with. This is a highly anticipated book, Spider Man number one by John Jonah. Abrams. Well, and definitely his name. And his son, uh, is it Jumpin' Jehoshaphat Abrams? Yeah, that's definitely it. Okay. Uh, Henry Abrams, his son, and art by Sarah Pacelli. Uh, this, of course, is the director of the Star Trek movies, director of the Star Wars movies, coming on with his son, uh, pitching that's adorable. a story. Yeah, it's very adorable. His 20-something-year-old son, it's super no, cute. Yeah. <laughs> why why a... is that not cute? A father and son, I think that's cute. Because you're thinking of it as like a baby. But he's an adult. I don't yeah. care what age it is. A father and son teaming once, up is cute. Once you pass 18, nothing is cute. Nothing's ever cute. That's nothing ever again. Dude, what the fuck? If I was like, Pete, you... You guys are fathers, you I, assholes. If, Pete, if I was like, you look cute today, you'd be like, what? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> different from what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Well, think about that then. How old are you? 55? <laughs> oh, fuck you, I'm going to say 35 years ago. Still weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is, I don't think, what anybody expected out of this book Definitely at all. not. So let's very briefly lay out the plot. This yeah. is going to be spoilish here. Uh, but this starts with Spider-Man completely losing a fight with a villain called Cadaverous. Uh, and the big shocking event that happens right at the beginning of the issue is... Mary Jane dies during the fight. Yeah. Then we cut forward 10 years, 
and they have a son together. The son seems to be developing spider powers of his own. Meanwhile, I, think, I would say 100 percent developing. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, maybe it's just on ceilings or whatever. It's cool. It might be beetle powers. Yeah, it or could something. be. And I guess it could be any. Oh, bug I mean, if that you guys have seen ceiling. Train Spotting, you know that like that guy was on the ceiling. Uh, That's yeah, true. That was yeah. a so hallucinated baby. Yep. Yes. Uh, and then uh, the Super other thing cute. that happens is in the background, Cadaverous is coming back. Uh, what do you think about this take? Well, first off. Uh, it's a little upsetting because, hey, JJ, did you uh, do you know what we're going through as Spider-Man fans right now? Like, oh do you God. think <laughs> that this is a good time to drop this comic? Because what the fuck, man? What, what are you, you say, talking about? Yeah, no you, one's going through <laughs> any sort of... There have been multiple comics where Spider-Man and Mary Jane have been married and have children together. Right. Uh, right. In fact, there's an ongoing one called Renew Your Vows. Yep. Which is happening right now. When you say the thing that Spider-Man fans are going through, are you talking about One More Day, which came out in, I want to say, 2008? Yep. A full 11 <laughs> to nearly 12 years Seems ago. Seems like yesterday. Uh, uh, it's an open wound. It's an open wound. See, that. guys, well, if you don't talk about your emotions, you know, you're, you, uh, don't, you, you stay in the same place. Well, I guess he Great. did learn his lesson about you, this rant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just think that, like... Uh, you know, well, you should like this because they are—they were married in this. It's yeah, just one yeah, of them they died. are together for two panels, and then uh, she horribly dies. So is that better than the devil breaking them up? <laughs> no, the death is better for you. <laughs> it's just very painful to watch her die like that. Well, I think that's the idea of the comic. Yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to be like, yeah, cadaverous, <laughs> my hero. <laughs> I just think I was like, oh well, what the fuck, man? This was it was like it was hard to me to then get back into the comic and continue reading. Well, let me pick up there because I do think that this was a hard comic to read in that Peter Parker has been so affected by this death, he's become like a bad, distant father, right. yeah. and we don't really know what his deal is. Um, but he's definitely given up on his responsibility um, yeah. uh, as a father in this. Yeah, that one part where he was like, you don't help people, you know, you don't. Go yeah. out of your way for people. I so was like, who the hell is this guy? That's a harsh take uh, for Peter Parker. On the other side of it, though, like, uh, Cadaver seems, this seems very scary, seems like an interesting villain. It feels like this comic is a, almost about the villain as much as it is about uh, Spider Man. Um, so I'm curious to see that. And I like this new kid, uh, Spider Man. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to have a comic book about a kid who's finally coming to his own, discovering his creativity, really trying some new projects, and he's got an asshole father who's so busy off all the time. That was an interesting thing to read. Yeah, do you think maybe <laughs> what do you JJ... Think about that? Do you think maybe JJ read this and was like, uh, son, uh, yeah. do we need to talk about some stuff? And What's Henry was like, no, 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 you have two hands. It's cool. <laughs> this is, oh, this is a different thing. Yeah. That's true, yes. Yeah. I will say one thing that I absolutely loved about this book is Sarah Pacelli's art. She's yeah. always been absolutely fantastic. So good. But there's a sequence at the beginning. I went back and read this because when they jump 10 years ahead, yeah. you see that Peter Parker has a hook for a hand. Right. The initial sequence it's always hid there. So it's this very behind a rock, behind somebody else's figure or something like that. So you, it already happened, but you don't know it's coming until you actually see it. And yeah. that's nice. Like, that's the sort of pacing that she gives to this book, and it's very impressive. Yeah, it's, it's a very this subtly played. too emotional for me to enjoy. Really? You think, well, what about this new Spider-Man? The, you, don't, you can't get on board with him? Ben? No. Ben Parker? No. Yeah. I, I do wonder how or if this is going to fit in with any sort of continuity whatsoever, because as you mentioned, we've had a lot of futures 
for Spider-Man and Mary Jane where they have a kid. Usually it's a girl, uh, May Parker or MJ or something like that. Um, here we're getting Ben Parker. That certainly gets you in the gut a little bit. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm curious to see if there's going to be any time travel or anything like that going on where it wraps into the main continuity or if it's going to be its own semi-out-of-continuity story. I mean, I do think people said the same thing about the Ultimate Universe and now Miles Morales is right. uh, one of uh, almost on equal footing with Peter Parker Spider-Man. So I, I think... We'll see how it goes. Maybe this will become another popular Spider-Man character. We'll see what happens. Moving on to another red-headed hero. Flash forward number one. This is picking up after Heroes in Crisis from the DC uh, Comics. Uh, following <laughs> Wally West, he murdered a bunch of people. He's dealing with that. But Howard. as that happens, he is wrapped into a plot to destroy the multiverse from the dark multiverse uh, by a new character called, what is it, Tempest Fugitive? Yeah. Something, something like that. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- what do you guys think well, about wait, this? Wait, wait, wait. Yes. I want to check yes. in with you to see how you're feeling about this. Because you're the big Flash fan. You're the fan. Wally guy. Yeah, yeah, you're Wally guy. You took a big hit. From the Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, this is an Alex in Crisis. Take, yeah. take us, to Wally, would, take us yeah. to Wally World, Alex. How are you Alex. feeling? Sure. How is take this us to Wally for World. you? I get it. Uh, I, I didn't love it. I didn't <laughs> love it. Uh, one, a couple of reasons, actually, I didn't love it is, first of all, like we talked about at the end of Heroes in Crisis, my take on it was they had changed time, so Wally felt like he had killed everybody, but he hadn't actually killed everybody. Yes. Uh, I guess I was wrong about that. First well, of all, it definitely feels weird in this title that he's uh, in jail and on trial for these right. murders that were sort of clipped out of time. Because I think the point of here is in crisis where he was in crisis, but he actually rose above it to become a hero. And he was brought back into the fold to try to move past his trauma. And in this comic, it's like the opposite idea. He's yeah. wallowing in the trauma and mm-hmm. seems to not have learned the lesson of that title. Right. I think, I don't know, there was either some... Either a misunderstanding on my part, or they just decided to go in a different direction to make it more concrete. Right. But then getting past the point of, okay, he actually did kill all of these other heroes, everybody is way too forgiving of him at that point. There's one point when Linda Park, who was his wife in another life, she doesn't really know that, but he does, shows up and she's like, well, but you feel bad about it, so that's okay. Yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> if he killed a dozen people, it's not like, well, at least you're thinking about it. Well, but technically, yeah. he killed them either way. Like, even if they were right. fixed in time, he did ki- go through the action yes. of killing them. Yeah. So to uh, that point, he definitely did do that. Yes. And it's weird because he's such the like bright, fun loving flash. Yeah. Or was up until this point. So this does feel like they're putting Wally West Flash into a new place, mm-hmm. pr- most likely because there's another Wally <laughs> who yeah. is doing uh, well, the I think, more Wally things. I think things. what we're getting is we're clearly leading towards something, right? Like yeah. there's all the stuff that's going on with the Justice League and the Legion of Doom over in Justice League. They're certainly setting up a lot of stuff with the Dark Multiverse. Uh, I came out in solicitations that I believe in October or something like that. They're going to reveal super Superman's identity to the world. Oh, uh, we're shit. almost to the 10 year point with the new 252. It's about that time again for some sort of crisis. Yeah. And I think like this is the kickoff to that. This is leading towards here we go again. We're going to get another reboot of the DC universe. So I, I did really like the new character. I thought he Tempest looked fugitive. Yeah. I thought he looked cool. It was cool. This is uh, Brett Booth on art, right? Yeah. Which I think very solid superhero artist. Uh, so that was the real appeal to me. 
uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what the, I'm. This was a, like I said, a lot of wallowing in the past, and Wall- I'm ex- wallying, wally, wallowing. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see if we can move him out of this into whatever the next iteration is, and maybe he's going to become a new, uh, totally different hero. Feels like we'll see what happens. Uh, next one up from Image Comics. We've been loving this title, Excellence Number Five. Mm-hmm. This takes place in a world where magic is secret, but magic wars are going on all the time. Every issue reveals a little bit more about our characters, and this issue is specifically dealing with the idea that in this world, women are not allowed to do magic and the certain repercussions of one of our female characters actually getting the opportunity to use magic. What do you guys think about this issue? Well, I think uh, it's fucked up in the world that women can't do magic, but I like uh, this comic and I think it, it it does a good job of like moving the story forward and putting uh, kind of you're really put in the character's kind of like mind and seeing what they're going through. And I think it's the art's fantastic and it's a cool story. And every time we read it, I'm like very entertained and kind of like can't wait to read the next one. This is you felt like sort of a chess match between um, uh, these three characters. And it, it, the it's a this comic does a great job of doing that of really getting you inside the different characters' heads and letting them play off each other. Um, I'm excited for the next issue, I think, more yeah. than this one because it's all been set and now the trap can get sprung. Right. This was an issue that sort of reorganized everyone's uh, motivation and point of view. And uh, I wish there was a little more action here, I guess. Is what yeah, uh, but we definitely get to it with that last page, yeah. uh, which is great. Too much. Really great. But I also love the wand work in this issue. Wand work. Ooh, yeah. the wand work. The Look wand at Harry work. Potter over here. Yeah. Petey Potter. <laughs> what do you mean the wand work? Yeah, what are you talking about? Just like the way they wave it? Yeah, the way they kind of like use their wands and have different kind of stuff with the wands. And I, I think it's fun. Have you ever seen like uh, an orchestra conductor? Yep. Do you like that wand work? Not so much. Why? It just stays in the sand the whole time. This day, the wands are floating around a little bit. Oh, okay. You like stuff. it better if, uh, like, the conductor stabbed a cellist or something. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. You want a battle orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Where the woodwinds are like, out of the way, percussion, you're dead. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a clarinet and through someone's neck. Yeah, we're the brass yeah. section. And then, the brass like, at the end of it, section. it's just one person, like, covered in everybody else's blood, just, like, playing a solo that is, like, so deep what and, like, painful. What instrument do you think would win? What? What instrument do you think would win? Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to have to say viola. <laughs> <laughs> Davis? Nope. Yeah. Oh. No, the viola. That makes sense. Great. <laughs> Let's move on. This is it, you guys. This is the big one. House of X, Woo! number oh, five from Marvel Comics. Uh, this is a red issue in the span of Powers of Ten and House of X. That means important. Which means important. Oh, this or, is a a rash, or a rash. Or a rash. Could mean a rash. Uh, and it certainly looks like a lot of people have a rash in this one. Definitely. Uh, but Rashy. we get a confirmation of a big theory that has been out there that reveals not just a lot of what's been going on, but also what's been going on since the very beginning of the series. I will warn you, massive spoilers here if you want to keep completely clean for House of X and Powers of X. But as suspected, it turns out that those pods at the beginning are actually a way of reincarnating the X-Men. And the way that the X-Men, and specifically Charles Xavier working with Magneto and... uh, assumedly uh, Moira McTaggart, though she doesn't show up this issue, is they are going to win by continually resurrecting the X-Men, bringing them back to life, giving them new ideal bodies at their ideal ages, and then putting the most recent copy of their brains inside. 
this issue is taken up with really reinforcing the idea that these X-Men who died a couple of issues back now uh, are not just back to life, but they are themselves. They are not just copies of themselves. That's at least what they're telling us. Uh, And then by the end of the issue, there's an even bigger thing that happens, which now that they're successful with that, now that they've stopped the mother mold up in space, they've decided to go to the next stage, which is bring all the mutants under their wing, including all of the villainous mutants, including Apocalypse, who joins up with them. We've kind of know that's going to happen because solicitations down the road hinted at it. But a lot of stuff going on here. What do you guys think about this issue? This is a fucking horror comic now. (laughs) This is a fucking horror comic. Because they're pod people? Uh, It's like so creepy and so wrong what the X-Men are doing. It's fucking scary. Wait, why why is it... When when Apocalypse shows up and goes, finally... We're all exactly where I've always wanted us to be. You guys are all on my side now. Let's rule the world. No. That's fucking scary. Well, but I i mean, I take your point, but I will say I really like that section because I think Apocalypse's whole thing has always been, I need to challenge the mutant race so that we can reach the next evolutionary step. And part of that is moving so, beyond the battle between humans and mutants. And Apocalypse walks in and is like, this is what I'm talking about. Now we're all hanging. Everyone's like naked. And that's, uh, and that's what the word apocalypse has always meant is let's find a <laughs> stage that's next. Yeah. <laughs> let's move forward. Uh, I think he does need a change. Do name. you think post-apocalypse? Yeah, I think it's about time for post-apocalypse. <laughs> uh, that'd be a great. He just adds a little P to his belt. <laughs> P-A. P-A. Peacocking. <laughs> Peacocking. Uh, that would be so... Ne- that would never happen, but that's very funny <laughs> to me if he's PA. This shit is scary, man. Uh, it's scary because they're on that. They're all the villains and heroes are together now. You're saying it's scary that the villains are like agreeing with the heroes, and we're all doing something that doesn't feel right. But I think the point is, and also that- you're just creating pod people. From your dead friends, and that shit looks real scary. Uh, it's not from the dead friends. It's from Goldwalls, who turns out makes eggs. I mean, yeah. I got to say, <laughs> How that would a turnabout. No, no, no. It's supposed to be gold balls. You can't just say gold balls are eggs. All gold balls are eggs. Have That's you ever true. checked inside of a gold ball? Yeah. All eggs. <laughs> hey, all balls are eggs. Have you ever like opened well, up? A, just, have you ever opened up a football? There's a turtle inside. It just, they just kind of said. <laughs> they just kind of said. Oh, we were wrong. We don't know what gold is. There were eggs the whole time. No, I thought that was. You can't say something that was gold is now eggs. No, Jonathan Hickman is like. Oh, there were Cadbury eggs. The, he's using the whole buffalo here. He's choosing these mutants and able to create this crazy new idea, which I thought was so cool. It's I have to see if I can remember this. It's gold balls makes these eggs that are unviable. Proteus it warps Proteus. Proteus warps reality so that the eggs are viable. Um, then uh, uh, there's a time. Uh, I think it's elixir. Elixir they use elixir uh, to work with their DNA and activates the eggs. Sort of moves them forward. Um, they're aged up uh, by uh, Emily. I forget her name. And then finally, Hope comes in and puts the powers into the bodies, and then they emerge from the eggs as their full selves. Like that is. Wild. I will say uh, on Pete's sort of like, I'm worried about this front. This takes the stakes out of death uh, for the X-Men. Like, do we want to see an X-Men team where everyone dies on missions and then it's fine? And I will say, I don't think that's going 
to be what happens. No, I think they're going to remove this power from them. There are so many things that can go wrong with this. Like, yeah. first of all, I will say I'm kind of in agreement with Pete on this issue, just in terms of the feeling that it gave me. And I was trying to intellectually work through, okay, I understand that structurally they're telling me, yo, these aren't copies of X-Men. These are the actual X-Men. This is the work that we're putting in here to really force it through to your mind. Again, intellectually, I understand that. Yeah. And intellectually, I understand what you're saying about Apocalypse at the end, where he's like, all I've ever wanted is this. Now we shall work together. And I understand also that it's not there's sinister plans in the background or anything. This really is the whole mutant race working together. Like, that's the intellectual part. The emotional part of me, who has been reading comics for decades now, is like, this is fucked up. And, that, and I agree with Pete with that right. for a couple of reasons. The first reason is... This is just a personal thing, but I have a hard time believing the idea that if somebody dies and then you clone their body and then you put their memories in there, mm -hmm. that that is the same person, that their soul has transferred over. And I know it's comics and I know that's what they're saying. Well, but you like back that, up your phone and then reboot that. It's and its soul goes over into your updated <laughs> model. <laughs> that's true. I accept it now. Uh, no, I've always had a problem with this concept in sci-fi. Like, yeah. uh, there's dumb Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Sixth Day, where they do the same thing, where I remember very clearly sitting in the theater watching that being like, those are different people. I don't buy any of this. <laughs> and that's a sci-fi concept that's always been a wall for me here. And, and then, the, sorry, just uh, last thing, the point at the end with Apocalypse, uh, yeah, I... I was certainly wondering over the course of this issue when they have the whole mutant nation being like, we're all on board with this. Hooray, let's do it. That the thing that was holding me back is that's not how any of this works. And I think Jonathan Hickman's argument is they are not human. They have evolved. They push past what's make them human. So they're not acting like humans. But it still feels like, again, from decades of comics, from knowing how the X-Men act that they never agree on anything. Yeah. This has to fall apart at some point. Well, but I would argue, we talked about this before, I think, in another episode, but like, they, I think Jonathan Hickman's point is like, hey, it's time to move past the kids' games. It's mutants fighting mutants is not useful. Protecting humans when humans hate you, that logically doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work forever to just have that be the paradigm. And he's shifting it forward where it's like, hey, we've seen the future. Humans are trying to murder us, and they do in all these nine timelines. And then later we have this Falnix. Uh, Phalanx. Whatever. We, we'll fight about how to pronounce it. Um, I say it like I did when I was 10 and first read it. So <laughs> suck on that. Letters, consonants, too many consonants in the world at the end. Uh, and that's another existential crisis. So they're like, hey, our, we're all, we don't disagree. Pete and I don't disagree, but like we do this podcast together. And I think that is what's happening now with the X-Men. Oh, man. Who's the apocalypse? Definitely this? Pete. <laughs> oh, okay. There's no doubt about that. He right. does have that P on his belt. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, that stands for. <laughs> yeah, it's not the letter, though. Pete. Pete Apocalypse. No, he yeah. just has some P on his belt. Um, but also, you know, what's, what, what's tough about this comic as well is you have to read a lot. And uh, this so criticism it, is not as strong as your previous one. <laughs> right. Thank you. I, I don't I don't say I'm, that I'm surprised strong. that your second thing is not Wolverine died. And well, let me throw I, this well, out to you. Get to that in a second. OK, so in the reading, they say that these uh, husks, <laughs> you, of you say people, it like it's homework. <laughs> like yeah. I did the reading. Uh, these husks only last a week. So no, 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 no. They were saying that Proteus's husk only lasts. Proteus yeah. 
always that was actually just a side note. That was the first thing that gave me pause. Where I was like, "Fucking Proteus is on board with this. How did that happen?" Well, and also it's like, wow, the amount of research where it's like, oh yeah, let's make sure we cover our bases on everyone knowing that Proteus's body disintegrates the more he uses his power. So we have to make sure that we cover that he has a second husk on fucking lock on the side, so that yeah. he can jump yeah. into that next body and then keep the work going. And also that the five the of them are the, like, we're a family now. We yeah. never leave each other's sides. Also, the gold more balls. we work together, the the stronger we get. Yeah, yeah. it's like gold balls and hope. Larson, Hope, uh, Hope Larson, uh, Hope Summers are just like, hey, we're tight. It's, I think this is the thing, we've talked about this before with this book, Pete, but there is a cult-like vibe coming off of it right yes. now, yeah. which also alarms me. Yeah. Also, As a human, I don't want these mutants coming for me and my children. <laughs> oh, so wow, you're on the wrong approve of the mutant registration. Yeah, oh, the wrong side God, of history. That's, over no, here. that's awful. The cure, I approve stop, of the stop, cure. The stop, mutant cure. Yes. stop. So what was nice for me is I was like, okay, my Wolverine didn't die. This was just a husk of a Wolverine no, that they died. created and is not a part of this. Let me throw this out to you. Are there adamantium bones in that dude? Yeah, I guess so. Where did the adamantium come from? Uh, golden balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gold balls. Oh, it's gold. It's yeah. gold instead of adamantium. <laughs> that changes the game for Wolverine. He's got gold on his bones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's even softer than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Give me those bones. Hey, don't call Wolverine soft. He's got gold no, bones. Instead of adamantium, that, that's going to make his bones like he's going to poke people and his bones are just going to fold. Oh. Yeah. His claws, they're just going to go. Beep. Don't make me pop my claws. It's. Twenty thousand dollars every time I do it. Um, let Gold me throw this at like, you as well. That's okay. My family made more. <laughs> How did you feel about um, all the X Men coming out and being like, "Let's have this rally"? No time to put on a clothes, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just, Just stand here, and we're going to shout at you. Yeah, yeah. we're going to shout. Nightcrawler is like, "I will cuddle your genitals with my tail, y'all." Yeah? Uh, <laughs> that's good. I mean, he's like a little prudish. Yeah. You know, he's a Christian pirate. He's like, "I'll cover your <laughs> junk." Uh, I thought that was just a funny. You got to be pretty comfortable with your group of friends if you're right. like, I'm cool. At this. I would not. I don't know. I, I think the problem if is, you were, if we were ever somewhere, you guys didn't have clothes on. I'd be like, wait, guys, listen, man, no, let's but, just get some clothes on these guys before we continue. If I'm fresh out the pod, <laughs> I'm fresh out the pod. Still dripping with gold juice. Oh, Here, here's the thing: is we <laughs> know Hickman juice. did the work, right? Like he figured all this stuff out. Yeah. In the entire history of the X Men, there's never been a mutant who can create bathrobes. Yeah, no, it's true. So <laughs> find one of those, and you solve this problem. That's a that's a great point. Like marrow, but for bathrobes. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, bathrobes out of his chest. I like this a lot. I still like this. Uh, I'm on board. This is fully. turning into a nightmare. I like that the X Men have a unifying All evil. No, it's not. A, I mean, we'll see what that. I don't think it's evil. It's they are drawing a line around them for a change, rather than being like, because like I said earlier, the ideology that like we hate humans hate us, but we also serve at the pleasure of humans and protect them. That's a faulty illogical premise. And the fact that we're getting a new take on that, wherever it lands, because I do think it's not going to be they're all in this fine society and everyone gets along. There's going to be a ton of conflict, both within the mutant community and without. And I'm looking forward to just a fresh POV on all of that. Okay, well, first off, the whole thing about like humans hate us. Not all humans, man. All right. Most humans hate or fear. That's literally in the slogan. I hate them. That's why I voted for Graydon Creed. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. 
This is uh, old Nimrod over here. <laughs> I I agree with you. I mean, this is fantastic, even while it makes me uncomfortable. The writing, the art, everything across it's, the board. It's doing a great job of like making a comic that you can't miss. Yes. Yeah. You can't not read the next issue of this shit. It's uh, yeah. so insane. I got a bad case of Hoxpox. And I'll tell you, it's, I've got a fever. Yeah. I'm I'm very scared to see where this is going. Well, I'm actually, I was nervous and uncomfortable reading this issue, which I think is exactly the place you're supposed to be when you're reading this issue and the series as a whole. Uh, but it also gave a glimmer of all the different ways this can go horribly wrong. Because even if you, if you have Xavier walking around with a helmet on his head, Somebody could take that helmet. Somebody could destroy that helmet. And they then it's got over. It. And they got backups. They're very careful to say, we have backups of everybody's memories, but we've seen in comics time again, somebody could find those backups and destroy those backups. My prediction is pretty early on in this new X-Men paradigm is that power will go away. Yeah. The resurrection power they will lose. Yeah. Uh, but we also get the first look in some of the text here of what the actual point of the series going forward will be, where it's going to be like making sure mutant, the mutants that are dead are actually dead before we replicate them. I think that's going to be maybe the X-Force Yeah, they were series. very specific to spell that out. Yeah. So I think that's that's we're starting to pivot forward. As I was reading that. I was like, why are we taking time on this? It seems very like. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta set it up, dude. Well, oh. this is, I mean, this is a big concept that's happening. Sam Bell's like really weirded out when Apocalypse showed up and like the whole planet was like, hey, here's no, some doves. Then, like, we love you, Apocalypse. No, they weren't like that at all, though. There was clearly like these villains are working in. What were they? The externals and everybody else. And uh, his four horsemen. I think those yeah. are his current horsemen. Yeah. Uh, so they're all walking in and everybody is like, I, this is not good. Are we sure about this? Do we actually want to take this step? Uh, and if you look at the framing of the panel, Apocalypse is huge in the frame over yeah. Charles Xavier. He yeah. is big. He is looming over him. So it's not a direct on shot of this meeting of minds between Xavier and Apocalypse. Apocalypse is still Apocalypse in here. He is yeah. dangerous. He has a potential danger for them. So. He's stretchy. Yes, Ed D's stretchy. That's the important part. Let's move on to a Boom Studios book, Once and Future, number two. This is my new jam. Yeah, this really? is a good I comic. I love this fucking comic. You like that grandma. Yes. So the concept of this book is Arthur is maybe coming back. King Arthur. King Arthur. Not Arthur, the cartoon character. The oh, children's no, I was talking character. about yeah. Arthur, the Dudley Moore character. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Not yeah. the Russell Brand reboot? No, not that one. Okay, great. We've uh, all covered a lot of Arthur ground here. So Arthur is coming back, and as we find out, Arthur is evil. Uh, he wants to destroy all of Britain, remake it in his image. We get more hints of this issue, and there's only this grandmother and her grandson who potentially could fight it back. Uh, we got a lot of gross stuff happening in this issue. A lot of ghosts and zombies and other things. This is a blast. This is such a fun book. It's such a great book. First issue did an amazing job of setting up this crazy world. And second issue delivered hugely. And I just can't wait for each issue. It's so creative. So much fun. And the art is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Great art. I love the choice. Because I, I would actually... Arthur's not necessarily evil. He's just in the... Point, uh, philosophically at the point where he was when he died where he's like he sees Anglo-Saxons and he's like those people were our, no, our don't invaders. they establish in the first issue that he's evil? I mean he does seem evil but I would say he's I like the way it's Just positioned. Just because he kills a couple people and licks their blood doesn't mean they're evil. Well, right. he, he's killing these people that were his enemies when he died, the sure. Anglo-Saxons. So I, I just thought that was an interesting take uh, as opposed to him just being like a regular yeah, zombie. Yeah, that's great. I, I definitely am all in on this series. So yeah. 
let's move on. Talk about another Marvel comic book, Absolute Carnage, number three. When we last left things, Miles Morales had been taken over by the Carnage symbiote, uh, along with most of New York. Venom was on the run with Scorpion. Uh, and meanwhile, a bunch of other things were happening. Uh, what did you guys think about this issue? I mean, this is just over-the-top madness. It's, it's a fun comic. It's just... Uh, it's there's a lot of just venom symbiote type things going on, and yeah, I just think it's like a fun, just kind of popcorn movie type of situation where you shut off your brain and you enjoy the action. Uh, I really like how this is played. Like, I don't think it, I think there's it's not just a shut off your brain thing. I think it's really smartly played. We get to see a lot of uh, uh, venom and Eddie Brock's point of view here, and uh, interesting usage. I think the uh, Donny Cates is doing this, and the way he's like really. Th- thinking through how these symbiotes work and how they play. Like there's this battle in the first half of the issue between Eddie and the Venom symbiote of like what they should be doing. And there's this moment where like the Venom symbiote sort of spits Eddie out and it's just standing there uh, sort of free of, and it was just, it's just a great, great comic work of the written word and the visual working together with really interesting ideas. Well, like you're saying, he gives it emotional stakes. It's about Eddie's relationship with Peter Parker. It's about Eddie's relationship with his son who doesn't know that he is his son. And Venom's relationship with Carnage uh, as a son to to him like it's really great yeah and i'll tell you just on the popcorn bento the thing that happens on the last page made me cackle yeah it's it yeah. just fun that was definitely a popcorn moment yeah absolutely uh so this is great definitely pick that up moving on to another dc comic book maybe the weirdest book of the week inferior five number one <laughs> yeah. yeah this Yo. is by keith giffen and jeff lemire yeah. i believe yeah. uh, jeff lemire did the backup yeah yeah uh, and this is pick it up right after Invasion, classic DC Comics crossover <laughs> Invasion. From when was that? That was a I while ago. The eighties, the nineties, yeah. probably. This is wild. Yeah. So this is a town that has been wrecked by the invasion. Maybe an alternate reality, but a little hard to tell. It doesn't. T- uh, this comic does not tell you much about what's going on. No. It really uh, hurt me to read this. How so? Why? Because the, he was bleeding on the comics. Oh, yeah. There oh, seems right. to be some sort of vampire or something like that in town who is bleeding in comics. Maybe he's a dominator. Vomiting blood. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a dominator. I Dominators as villains, I like them. They're from Legion, Legionnaires. Like, they're uh, interesting alien invaders, sort of like Mars Ataxi uh, style alien invaders. Mars sure. Ataxi. Mars Ataxi. <laughs> Why that, get an Uber when like you can Mars get a Mars Ataxi? Yeah. Is that like Mars Ataxi but more Italian? Is that what you're... Uh, yeah. No. Nice it's, a spicy Mars Ataxi. It's like Mars Attacks E. Oh. oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued, though, honestly. I don't understand what the business decision was behind, yeah, sure, let's do a sequel to Invasion decades later. I'm not sure who this is for, but I guess it's for me because I think the characters are interesting. I yeah. don't know what's going on with the mystery. There's some dude who's maybe a baby dominator wandering around with a sack on his head with an X. It's like a horror movie. That's how it plays out. That's how yeah. it's written, and it's fun. The small-town horror movie set in a superhero universe. Yeah. And uh, the backup with Jeff Lemire is focusing on the Peacemaker, another character out of Invasion, I believe, Yeah. Uh, and following him through this deep, dark, journey of the soul where he's tracking down dominators uh it's great jeff lemire stuff so yeah cool art weird project but i'm glad they made it seriously though the comic thing didn't bother you guys at all did he was bleeding on a comic yeah you are very into this no but there's no i just mean that like you we saw the blood and like i didn't you didn't have because 
they're standing around all these comics, and like if this world is like dying, we got to save the comics. And then they made a point to be like, you're ruining all these comics. And I was like, God damn it. No, no, no. He made it into a variant. It's a blood variant. <laughs> yeah. Very worth a lot. Definitely get it bagged and graded. <laughs> blood. It's funny to me that we read so many comics and you see multiple people murdered in a million different ways and don't pat an eyelash. You see one comic get a little bit of blood on, you're like, stop the presses. We need to change this. Let's get the yeah. comics like code in here. You couldn't have been at, you know, like a baseball card store or something else. Like it had to be comic books. Very rude. Moving on to a comicsology book, The Black Ghost, number one. This is by our pal Alex Segura, who was on the show the other week. This is a riff on old-timey heroes like The Shadow and whatnot. Uh, We take it from the perspective of a Lois Lane-type character who is investigating this vigilante of the city. There's a big twist at the end. Uh, I thought this was fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, it does feel sort of like the spirit, like uh, old-fashioned superheroics. Um, very cleanly set up and cleanly made. The characters are interesting. Like it's a it's a fun series that just gets past the premise into interesting storytelling very quickly. Yeah, I like the way this kind of sets up the old versus the new. Right, we have kind of like the, this newer character that we follow, and then uh, you know she kind of sees this old timey character. Yeah, and I feel like this is a great kind of creative way to pass the mantle a little bit. Because he's wearing a hat. That's how you know he's old-timey. Right, exactly. Hopefully he's going to pass the hat, as they say. That's the expression, right? Yep, that's an expression. Oh, okay, Pass cool. that. That's where you all take your hat off and pass it to the next person on the subway, and everyone gets lice. <laughs> <laughs> that's how New York works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's great. You can pick it up on Comixology Originals right now. Moving on to another Boob Studios book, Firefly. Number nine, this is from Greggy McPacky. Yeah. Greggy McPacky? Yeah, he changed his name. He changed oh, his name. Yeah. Greg Pack. Uh, okay. It's from Greg Pack. This is continuing the epic story of what happens when Mal and company accidentally reignite the war once again. Uh, this is huge. I did not expect this story to get so big, and I love it. Yeah, I, I'm so surprised that um, Greg Pak went so deep with it into like the sort of Ur mythology of the Firefly universe, getting into the battle between the Browncoats and the uh, Empire. Um, and it's uh, it's good. It's so complex, and it's all coming to a head in what I think is the next issue. I am not surprised because Greg Pocket is an amazing writer and does fantastic research and knows his material if he's going to take over a book. So I was very happy with the choices that he made. Yeah, okay. Very oh, aggressive right, about it. Well, no, you just, it seemed like you guys were undercutting uh, Greg's intelligence. Uh, not you were like, oh, I'm so surprised that, uh, you know, he did such an amazing thing. There's a lot of ways to write a Firefly book. The series and the movie Serenity, like, there was a lot about, like, the fun, like, wandering around and them, like, exploring the universe. Sure. And they only glanced upon all the brown coat stuff. And instead of, like, doing more of that, this series goes right at the brown coat stuff, yep. getting to the, like, sort of basic stakes of the series that Mal and everybody else is dealing with. So I'm, I am surprised that that's a choice, but it's good. I think it's great. I'm glad we had this agreement (laughs) Last one we're going to talk about From DC Comics Lex Luthor Year of the Villain Number one This is continuing The uh, one shots They're focusing on The Legion of Doom We got a Riddler one shot We got a Sinestro Mm. one shot Here we're focusing on Apex Lex himself As he travels around the universe The multiverse Excuse me Eliminating other Lex Luthers Jetly in the one style What'd you guys think about this? Lex and effects. Uh, this is a fun story. Well, this you had to love this because it tied into uh, 
uh, that uh, Krypton, you know, because we got to see the what you call it, the uh, the Black Rose or whatever that is. The Black uh, Mercy. Yeah, Black Mercy. That didn't tie it to Krypton. That that's came from, from comics. That's right, from but comic Krypton did an episode where that was a thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They also did Brainiac. Which, uh, so that tied into comics. Oh, and I'm, comics. I'm sorry, I tried and, to. Uh, it tied into Superbad, and it took place on you TV, know, so know it's, it's sort of part of the Wire extended You universe. know what's fun is I try to set you up like, hey, this was a fun thing that you liked, and then you just insult me. Black Mercy was from the Alan Moore story for The Bad Who Had Everything. Sure, originally, yes, but recently in an episode of Krypton that we fucking talked about. He was trying to reach out to you and connect. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And this you, is why I don't fucking talk about my emotions, you fucking piece of shit. This is oh a great father-son moment. You got so mad at me for this Black Mercy thing. Perhaps this is a wonderful dream that I'm having. <laughs> yeah. That could be. Yeah. Um, I uh, I thought this is a good story. It's I, the way that Lex Luthor, Luthor has been positioned throughout this uh, Doomsday, uh, this uh, uh, Legion of Doom you event. Mean Apex Luthor. Uh, yes, uh, this Legion of Doom event is you'd never get inside his head, and he's impenetrable. And so I liked this sort of way that we see a little bit of his plan and uh, positions he. He is lying to everyone once again, but it's played in a very smart way, and I like the little twist at the end. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about it, Pete, other than yelling at me? No, fuck you, man. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Great. Pete if you want to support this sort of thing, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about comics. Pete, what do you want to plug? Find us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. And I'm going to set up a separate Patreon where Alex and Pete can go out and do fun friend stuff together. (laughs) Um, It's going to need a lot of funding because they need a lot of hang time. Yeah. Uh, You can check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more subscribe and comment on itunes spotify stitcher android or the app of your choice and we'll see you at the comic book shop pop those gold claws baby (laughs) 